This week we're going to dive into the Transfiguration. This is a reading that happens on the second week of Lent every single year, and it happens at this time for a reason, both for the disciples and for us as we prepare for Easter. So, as we get into this, as we dive into this Ignatian-style contemplation, first let's acknowledge that the Lord loves us and looks on us. So we we take, as Ignatius says, the moment of an Our Father to contemplate how the Lord looks upon us, how the Lord gazes upon us. This style of prayer that St. Ignatius gives to us requires that we use a little bit of our imagination. And so we're going to engage that today. Sometimes when we read the Sunday Gospels, it makes a little bit of sense to try to locate ourselves, especially with events like today. In the Gospel of Mark, right before this passage. Now, I mean, not long at all before this passage, the chapter before, Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. But Jesus asked his group of disciples, who do people say that I am? And some even say Elijah. He's going to come back into this story. Then Jesus portrays or tells them that he's going to have to suffer and die. And Peter rebukes him. And then Jesus, of course, in his very kind words that Jesus always uses, he says, get behind me, Satan. And then Jesus says to all of the disciples, unless you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, you have no life in me. For whoever seeks to gain his life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for his sake will find it. And then we hear today's gospel. So I'm going to read through it, and then I'm going to kind of just walk us through it. Because all too often, it happens all the time. I mean, it just happens to me all the time too. But we read the passage, and... We read it either too fast or we kind of take for granted or we don't give enough flesh to the situation. And that's what is so beautiful about this Ignatian style of prayer. It allows us to engage our imagination and dive into what's really happening here in the passage. What might be happening as they walk up the mountain, you know? That doesn't just happen in a sentence. It happens in a sentence when you write it down. But it doesn't happen in a sentence when you do it. It takes some time. What might the conversation have been as they walk up, as they walk down, as they see what they see? So, we're going to give it a little flesh. That's what Ignatian-style contemplation does and allows for us to imagine 
what's really happening. It gives us a little bit of license to to just dive in and then talk to Jesus about it. One of the things I really loved about the Chosen series is that the it, all too often the disciples are kind of fighting between each other and then inevitably they'll usually say, have you gone to talk to him about it? And I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it's definitely my experience in spiritual direction that that happens all the time. We sit there and wrestle with something and we might even talk to someone else about it and we haven't brought it to prayer. We haven't talked to Jesus about it. I just, I love that little image that the chosen has given us through the creative license of the the writers and the directors, but I think an accurate one. A little bit of bickering, talking around, I don't know what to do. Well, have you talked to him about it? Sounds like a Jesus question. So, this Sunday's gospel comes from the gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 10. Jesus took... Peter, James, and John, and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so confused. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the the cloud came a voice, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matters to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. Even just that last line, I think so often we think, ah, the disciples, they kind of got it, you know, and... Yeah, there's a little bit of rebuking them and teaching them, but we kind of take for granted people, what did rising from the dead mean? I don't know, it seems kind of self-explanatory, but he's referring to himself, of course. He just said he was going to die, and they're like, what, what does this mean now? So, let's dive into this story here. Jesus took Peter, James, and John. So already we know that there's a little bit of exclusivity. He doesn't take all the disciples up there. And and maybe as we dive into this imagination, maybe we're one of the disciples that was selected to go up. What does that feel like? to be one of the chosen 
to have a special place, a special relationship with Jesus. And then there's a walk up the mountain. Again, like I said earlier, this isn't going to take like five minutes, you know. We're, we're talking at least a half hour, I would think. Maybe, maybe longer. So there's a little bit of time with Jesus as well. Is there a conversation that's happening? Is there a discussion about what happened earlier that day? Now, in the Gospel of Mark, we didn't read it in the Gospel here, but it does say six days after Jesus talked about, or uh, six days after Jesus told his disciples he was that they need to deny themselves and take up their cross. So there's a little bit of time passing, I guess, before then, but you're one of the disciples that get taken up the mountain. What does that mean for you? What does that feel? Maybe you don't feel worthy. Maybe you don't feel like he's... Maybe you don't feel like he did pick you. Maybe you feel like you're the one of the disciples that didn't get picked. Again, what does that feel like? And don't talk to me about it, but talk to Jesus about it. Jesus, I, how come you didn't pick me? And, and talk to him about it. Ask him about it. If, he, if you feel like you could be one of those disciples, or maybe you just take a risk and imagine you are one of those disciples, and then we go up the mountain. And then suddenly, there's something quite extreme and radical. Something out of the ordinary. Something you could never imagine. He becomes dazzling white. Right? Dazzling white such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. His clothes. And Jesus was transfigured before them. Just maybe even close your eyes for a moment and imagine that. What does that look like? He's wearing white clothes. So white and dazzling and bright that they could have never been even bleached that white. Then Elijah and Moses appear and they start talking with Jesus. I don't know. What are they? Maybe you overhear them. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're just kind of, you're so awestruck. I think that's what we see here. They're so awestruck and even terrified that they don't even know what to say. It even says here, he hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. And we think, I mean, I often think, well, wasn't this a good thing? And we hear that often, you know, they saw an angel and they were terrified. And I think today, for some reason, I don't know why, well, wouldn't that be a good thing? I thought, I think if I would see an angel, it'd be like, good. But I don't know. I guess not. I'd be terrified, right? What's going to happen? Is my life over? Is this it? 
mean, I would probably be thinking that, I guess. I don't know. What's, is Jesus, is he going to die right now? Is he going to ascend to heaven? Is this it? Is this, and then just the sheer magnitude and awesomeness that this happens, I, I would just imagine, gosh, I don't even know what is going on. What is going on? Imagine that happening at my house, you know, or on a mountain with a friend. What is, I'd be, I mean, I, my adrenaline would go up. I'd be fight or flight freaked out. It's sometimes just, it's so easy to make these into kind of soft characters and nothing really big and crazy happens. And then, on top of all that, then a cloud came casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice, even scarier. What's happening as you're on top of that mountain? Jesus becomes transfigured. Moses and Elijah appear. And then they're talking, and then a cloud casts a shadow, so they're in, in darkness. And then from the cloud, a voice, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Okay. I don't know, for me, I guess that that's a little bit of an assuring thing. But I'm still scared. I don't know if you've been on top of a mountain when there's clouds. It's not. It's not. It's not a place where you want to be, at all. Clouds on a mountain mean a storm, and lightning, and bad. You know, it's really scary. I've been on a couple mountains where there's clouds, and it's terrifying. I mean. You, you start running down the mountain. What does that feel like? You're imagining yourself there. You're terrified. Jesus brought you up here, so I guess, that, I mean, for me, that maybe there's like a certain amount of security knowing that he can keep you safe if he wants to. And then all these events happen. From the cloud, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. I think on the way down, yeah, I catch my breath, of course. Jesus charges us to not tell anyone. This isn't the first time he's done this in the Gospel of Mark. The healing of Jairus's daughter I think is is one of those as well where he asked them to not tell anyone what they saw and then they start to question he says until after the son of man has risen from the dead and then they start to wonder what that is down the mountain I just invite you to to be there 
as I did a little bit last week with Jesus in the wilderness, I just encourage you to put yourself in this place. I do these podcasts to to help people to start to pray with scripture. And one of those ways is to just dive into the story and be one of the people, be one of the characters. Imagine yourself there living with Jesus, talking with him. And that's the beauty of it is there's no right or wrong. This is not a exegesis of the passage. We're not teaching anyone what's happening. This is personal prayer. I think this, for me at least, um, I really do feel terrified. I can I can put myself there. On that mountain, I'm terrified because I've been on mountains and they're already a dangerous place. They're already dangerous. There's this exposure, there's risks everywhere. So there's already heightened sensitivity to that. And then Jesus is transfigured, talking with presumably dead people, people we know to be dead. And then a a dark cloud, and from the cloud, a voice. This is my beloved son, listen to him. And typically I'd hear that voice or that passage and say, Oh yeah, this helps me know that Jesus is... (laughs) God and I should listen to him but on that mountain I don't know if it meant that exactly for me I guess if I'm up there I hear that voice and it is reassuring for me because I'm freaked out I don't know what's happening I don't know what's going on and I'm actually really relieved when it goes away when Jesus is not transfigured in front of me and he looks normal. Because I don't know what to do with that. And I think that's my prayer, is I get scared of Jesus' power and godliness and otherness. And, and it is scary. And it, and it should be scary, because it is. And I certainly need to hear the voice of God telling me to listen. And sometimes I just want normal Jesus. I just want the Jesus that I know. But he's not always that Jesus. He's scary sometimes. He's dazzling white and there's scary clouds and voices from those clouds that I can't explain. I have no clue what's going on. And I just have to trust him. For me, that is what I'm going to bring to my prayer this week. Is Lord, how can I trust you when I'm scared and I don't know what's going on? Lord, how can I trust you when I'm scared and I don't know what's going on? I love you. I believe you. I do trust you. 
But when I'm scared and I don't know what's going on, it's hard. Please help me. I hope this was helpful to see someone pray a little bit with this passage. I hope it makes it reasonable to you. I hope you don't just listen to kind of get insights, I guess. I really do hope that this allows people to have a deep prayer life. And if you know someone that's struggling with prayers, please send this to them. Maybe it'll be helpful. Uh, Send them Father Gallagher's stuff on YouTube as well. He doesn't do a podcast like this, but he has reflections like this on, on the Hallow app. They're amazing. They're very similar to this. You may like him better. You may not. I don't care. <laughs> if you like him, awesome. If he helps you pray, awesome. This is something that I have found a lot of benefit from, so I just want to share it with the world. So if you know someone to share it with, please share it. Please like and subscribe. It really does help the channel. It really does reach other people. And and currently I'm on 66 subscribers. So it's kind of not really a number I want to stay on for too long. So help me out if you can. Please pray for me. I am praying for you. God bless.